Hi, and welcome back to Kessel Run Relay, a Star Wars podcast. Our episodes drop each week, and you can follow us on social media. Our links will be in the description. This week is the second part of our discussion of the High Republic Phase 1 with Sage and Claire from Falcon Prince Missions. And with that, we will just jump right into it. Uh, nice. So Orla Janiri did, I don't know how to say her last name. I love her so fucking much. <laughs> so true. She, yeah. Exactly. I love her. <laughs> I just, I think there's, I just think there's something about Jedi who don't strictly adhere to the order that just very much it, it calls to me. So her being a way seeker, I just like immediately loved her. And I, I love that she was picked uh, to be in Padawan of all the higher public Jedi, because I think it's so yeah. cool how like, um she continues to like teach and inspire especially with everything that happened with Elzar um and her helping him the fact that she can like continue to kind of help and guide people all those years even after her death is uh very special and I I just I think she's so cool and I think her the balance uh that she strikes between yeah like being in the Jedi but also forging her own path is so interesting and it's so interesting especially when you pair her with um wreath who is you know very um anxious about going out to the world and then comac who is a little bit more uh also sheltered i guess is the right way because um and i could go into heavy detail i will when we get to comac about orla and Comac and their friendship and that being his whole like um but I just I and I think her design is so cool a lot of the designs of higher public are cool yeah, but making like yeah. her like this like all white with the black hair and then also having white lightsabers that fucking lightsaber I'm obsessed with her lightsaber like seriously she her whole look is just what chef's kiss and I also think it's really interesting that they made her a baron instead of like a regular Jedi or like a human Jedi that would be I don't know she's very sly and after I read Into the Dark for the first time and then I thought about how she died in the fallen star uh, it was over for me it's it's so so dark it's so dark yeah but like I was I was so convinced that I was like oh they set it up in like a very specific way I was so convinced that Comac was going to die and that she was going to end up taking over as Wraith Master because she felt like she kind of needed to step up into that position and I thought for sure that was what was going to happen um and it didn't <laughs> but I thought that was like what they were setting up uh but um. I she's my beloved and I want to see more of her like um but like her decision to become a a way seeker like I'd be really interested if they did a story about why that was something that she felt she needed to do um and then also while simultaneously like maintaining a really close relationship with um Comac as like a, a friend and like just more of them because I love their friendship is like 
one of my favorite things that we got out of phase one. I just, I love them. I, for one, um, am glad that they didn't kill Comac. Um, I am too. I didn't. I... No, 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 no. Yeah. no I, know, oh, yeah. I know what you meant. Um, I just think that if Comac died and Reef lost two masters in the span of a year, I personally might stop reading <laughs> the book. Well, because I thought that like the whole thing was going to be like, basically he was going to be like, I can't do this anymore. So I'm going to be a way seeker. And Orlo is like, going to be like, okay, I'll be like your way seeker master. <laughs> and Fair. I was like, fair of him. True. Um, yeah. Reef Silas, guys, I love him. Bill Zetafar's boyfriend. Cheese. What a good time boy. <laughs> I I just want to give him a hug. You know, he he's just like me for I remember the first time I read Into the Dark when it was the part where he like double checked if he was at the right gate because he didn't know if they just like changed it and didn't tell him. I I felt seen in that moment like I had never been seen before. Like he really is just he's just representation for the anxious girlies. Like truly. He, his, he's just like me for real his growth I I remember reading Midnight Horizon and crying because it was just like that like full circle moment where you're like this is the same boy who didn't want to go to like uh the starlight because he just wanted to like stay in the archives and now he's like here out here like fighting the Nihil and I just wanted to cry because I just like I get so much talking about him. He's like my like little brother character. I just want to protect him. And yeah. he's just, he's so sweet. And like, despite, I think it's like so cool to see like him gaining like these new experiences for the first time. And it being such a like, like we've said, like it's such a weird time and it's kind of traumatic because he's, kind of just thrown headfirst into like this thing that they're experiencing and he has to navigate it all while he also just lost his master he gets a new master um he well also and I really also appreciated how they just took the time to be like and like he's also navigating like having a crush on like this like girl that he's known his whole life and like uh navigating like having like friends like having silly like times with like his friends and like what that means like I just appreciate how they balanced it and how it made it feel so like he's he he to me is like the perfect Y protagonist because you know despite being in this like fantasy sci-fi universe what he experiences is is so relatable and is so grounded in being a teenager and you know the anxiety you experience like going to college or you know deciding like moving away from like your parents and the comforts that you've come to know through your childhood um it's I so true (laughs) yeah and like and just um he's perfect and I also Sage made me a very big bell wreath shipper and I think it's interesting like the parallels between them like you know losing a master and 
kind of technically losing another master or having to like navigate it through your own and like processing all of that and then coming of age in like this insane time for the Jedi when your childhood has been this relatively peaceful um I just think that they would be like a perfect balance and like Belle's just that little bit more like outgoing to balance like Reese more awkward and internalness like they would just be so so perfect together yeah I like the part where Reese experienced underage drinking for the first (laughs) I was just gonna say that I was just gonna say that Reese girly I love him remember the first time me and Tomac met he was like I'm drunk (laughs) (laughs) he truly no but the truth is that he probably had like uh, like half a drink and was like oh my god i'm wasted right now guys (laughs) all the padawan all the like the older group of padawans are like all like drinking on starlight and he would be the one who would be like who would like sip on bell's beer and be like that was too much for me, you guys. I'm so messed up right now. <laughs> so sorry, Reese. I'm so sorry. I'm He'd really like, dragging him to the mud no, right now. He, I know this because he would be like me, which is like, guys, we have to stay quiet or else the masters are going to hear us and we're going to get in trouble. <laughs> like, shh, turn the music down. Don't talk too loud. What? That was like, a call out to me. He's trying to have fun, but like, he can't. What? Fully. what thing Claire remind me remember when we were talking about Ram being in the walls because he smoked too much weed what was no, that on okay. <laughs> we were talking about how how Imri oh that was on our I think that was on our crossover episode with Rupalps where we were supposed to be talking about canonically queer characters in Star Wars but instead we had a whole conversation about which Star Wars characters would do which drugs um but the best part of that conversation was when we were you're talking about how Imri would be <laughs> like in a room with someone who's smoking and be like, oh my god, I'm getting contact like contact high right now. And uh, here's the thing. Bird and Ram would be like smoking. Every would be convinced he's getting a contact eye, and Wreath would be freaking out trying to like fan the smell. <laughs> he's like, we're not supposed to have that. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> oh my god Daniel I'm so sorry for what we have done to your characters oh, um, so bad. Oh, when Wreath got knighted we can't we can't go we, we, we have to Midnight Horizon oh. Midnight Horizon, you changed my life. Like, actually. Really? <laughs> yes. For like, you, yeah. <laughs> I also, like, cried 26 times reading that book. I I, I was a mess. I, I cried. So like, any... When Wreath... Um, it was when Comac and Orla said... It was like there when they were talking on the hollow and he says like, oh, goodbye, old friend. And we know what happens to Orla. I fucking lost it. And then when he <laughs> says, 
I have to get to her. Not, not, I have to get to the vegan. I have to get to them. I have to get to her. That is so, oh, that's so insane to me. He was so (laughs) sick and twisted. (laughs) (laughs) The way that like this whole thing, you're like mapping out, like this whole thing is like, you know, mapping out like Comax trauma of like basically why he should leave and how he kind of like I'm pretty sure that he would have left the Jedi Order or oh, become yeah. a way seeker at least in Into the Dark had he not kind of felt like he um that Wraith needed him and needed him to be his master yeah. um but like so like that and then hearing Cantum's story and then being after like Orla just being like, well, that was basically Reese fine. Orla's dead. That was my last connection to the order. I gotta go. <laughs> <See ya. laughs> and, then just, and then him, the, I, it is very funny how the decision to just be like, he'll just sprint oh, into the like, rally. <laughs> I just need everyone to know that the reason I am being on mute right now is because the last time that I talked about comagvitis on a podcast was on Fulcrum Transmissions and I started crying and then Daniel Jose Older made fun of me on Twitter.com so I can't do it again. The thing is, okay. No, I, I feel your pain. I feel no matter what we say about any thing that Daniel has written, he will make fun of us on Twitter.com. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> love that man. Love uh, so you love Comac so much though. He's one of my favorite High Republic characters. Um, and if I think about him too much, I will cry. So that is that literally um there's a lot of that going around (laughs) and I think it sets up like such an interesting plot point for phase three the fact that like I think that there could be something so compelling about on a one level wreath understanding that like that was what Comac needed to do for his himself and like he was allowed to do that but then on like another level him feeling that he had been abandoned and like the possibility of Comac and him meeting again and having to deal with that like conflicting emotions of like this was a man who like helped me become the person I am and like he needed to do this but at the same time he left me after after Wraith had experienced like quite a bit of trauma including becoming luggage um <laughs> That was I had forgotten about that until you until you were like hey and you were like oh my god I got to Reese's luggage and I was like Reese's oh luggage. my god like memories just like swirled into my brain when you said that it was crazy that I remember Bestie of the Pod Kaylin they had their DN like their display name on Twitter as Reese's luggage after Midnight Horizon came out for a long time and that for a long time, that was the only thing that I knew about Midnight Horizon is that somehow this guy named Reef becomes luggage. And when I finally got there, it was it was a full circle moment. Like I I I was in the know now. Like I can make jokes about Comac running into the woods. I can make jokes about Reef being luggage. The Midnight is. Horizon has opened so many doors 
just especially for Aretha's for Reith being luggage. For, I'm, for I'm Reith, so happy that I read it. For Reith being luggage. Um and <laughs> I also feel like uh like Stelena, he's gonna like carry around Comex Saber um with him for like the rest he's, of his life. He's just silly like that. He's just silly, <laughs> he's just silly goofy like that. Um and I'm sure I'm fully convinced that if Comex could have gotten Orla's back he would have Jedi or not carried it around for the rest yeah. of his life well, um I anyway that, okay the idea about them carving their initials into the temple wall <laughs> you know what's been so perfect no I'm not gonna say that no I have to say it you have to <laughs> say it so when so when does the book come out where it is revealed that Bell and Reese also carved their initials inside of a heart somewhere in the so true <laughs> so true that's that's the story we need no they do it on the 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 um the coruscant the kyber arch <gasps> don't even talk to me <laughs> okay, anyways, stop no and they put loden and what was Bruce's first master's name again they're like uh, when they Jorelli when, when they go to put their their crystals in the arch. They also put their I can't do this. I can't do this. Um no! I really, I really like Belle and Reed. That's it. I just think that they are really slay. Um, can't wait for them to be boyfriends in phase three. Um so true. They're kissing on the mouth. Yeah. You heard it here first. Mm-hmm. And I just That's know we lay exclusives. And I just know it's gonna be perfect because Reith is gonna be like, "This is great, I love it." And Bell's gonna be having like a mental breakdown because he's gonna be like, "It's against the code." No, <laughs> no. Gonna be like, <laughs> what's gonna happen? No, no, no. What's gonna happen is, I know they're already boyfriends, but this is really funny. Um, in if in phase three they're still relatively young, right? We don't know how much time is gonna pass. I can just imagine Bell being like me and Reese are kissing and then Reese being like do I like men do I like men I know uh, that I like men because I'm in love with Bell Zetafar like that's it like he's really holding that yeah mm-hmm. he's really putting the b in lgbt like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, um, can we should we talk about Lula and Zine I was just you know oh I was God. just gonna say <laughs> I don't know. There's there's Perfect. a certain two characters who I feel like Sage might in particular really want to talk about. <laughs> and also Claire. <laughs> yeah. Um hi, I like Lula and Zine. Um they're from <laughs> they're from oh my god, I'm starting to tear up already. Um they're from this comic called The High Republic. I can't do it. Claire, you're gonna have to start. <laughs> um so me and sage actually like lula and zine a lot if you didn't know um that's a joke because you should know that by now like i really don't think that you could interact with either of us without knowing that and also not to get like emotional but me and sage literally became friends like through talking about lula and zine like i'm so serious so like not only are they just great characters and mean a lot to me like as they're both like young queer girls in a really healthy relationship or well getting into a really healthy relationship um but also like 
we literally maybe would not be as close of friends if they didn't exist. So, you know, there's that. But in terms of like the actual story, I love them so much. Um, and I think that they are, as representation, very important. Obviously, they're very important representation because like any queer representation is important, especially in Star Wars, where there's not always enough of it. Um, but they're so real. Like, I don't think there is a single person who was at one time a young queer teenage girl who isn't like feeling so seen by their story either in Lula or Zine or both and that's what I love is I I see people being like oh my god I literally relate so much to Zine like she's so much like me it's so great to be represented but then I see the flip side of it of people being like I literally like relate so much to Lula Talasola and I see myself a lot in her and I think it's so great and also they I literally sent this to y'all over text earlier they're the like queer girl best friendship when you're a teenager that's like definitely platonic but like it's definitely not representation that star wars has been lacking um and i think that we as a society need to discuss that again just like me for real anyway just like me for real lula and zina are just like me for real like (laughs) yeah uh also i just want to say zine does it she does it for the girlies with religious trauma who had who had to sit and like unlearn a lot of the shit that like the church taught them and still kind of deal with like some internalized guilt about like things that they learned when they were a kid and things that were so ingrained in them um i i love that and i like it how in star wars they did it in the flip side, like, I feel like so much, like, people associate, like, the Jedi Order with religion trauma, but the fact that they did it with the Jedi, like, with people who had been taught about the Jedi, I like that, and I think it's so, especially then when you pair her with being queer, the addition of, like, her handling that and that, like, I just feel like it adds her being such a relatable character for so many people like if you don't relate maybe to one aspect of her you probably do the other <laughs> and she's just so so fun she's so slay she's so slay i think that her uh, design oh, I'm, I'm the pink that. and purple i just love i just love it's so like girly literally, guys zine Rala is literally the colors of the bisexual pride flag i just yeah i'm obsessed with her anyways um Something about Zine Rala, I forgot what I was gonna say. Um, I'm like actually crying, so <laughs> it's fine. I we haven't talked about Zine and Luma in a really long time, and I miss them. <laughs> um, what was I was gonna say Zine. Oh yeah. Um, I think that Zine Rala's story, like as a whole, is very queer coded. Um like actually not just throwing that word around like she has a best friend who she thinks like he, like he cricks camera at you cricks camera if I ever see you I will literally hate you um <laughs> I can't do this oh it's too oh. late it's six o'clock like <laughs> um <laughs> it, yeah. anyways Zine Rala is a queer-coded character because she has this friend and his name is Crix Camera and I hate him so much but he is like her only family right like she doesn't have a family that's a whole part of the cult that she's a part of but she doesn't know who her birth parents are um 
oh my god I hope you guys didn't hear that anyways someone just yelled um <laughs> anyways I this is so hard for me to get through I don't know what what's going on it's because I drink two beer yerba mates before this um <laughs> so sorry I'm so sorry she her, anyways her she's she's gay because she has a friend who is like you are force sensitive which is just code for gay anyways and he's like I hate you and she's like I thought we were family and he was like no I hate you and then he joins Markion Rowe who's like a complete villain and wow he really is like the main character of my book you know like it's really bad anyways I think that he is just like ugh, I hate him but Zim Rala overcomes that because she ha- finds a community um of people who are like her people who are force sensitive and also gay um and that is really you know reminiscent of many queer people um in society including myself um and I think almost every single queer person I've ever met so I don't know finding gay people to hang out with after like your friends are like <laughs> funny oh my god are you kidding me anyways and then the payoff of her actually being gay and being in love with mm-hmm. Lula Talasolo so true so true anyways that's why it's my favorite Star Wars series ever um of all time and she's my favorite character ever of all time Lula is a very close second Lula was my favorite character ever for a very very long time um up until Midnight Horizon when I read Race to Crash Point Tower I was like Lula Talasola and I are the same person and I love her to death and I will kill anybody who tries to harm her I still will do that but um now I also am like oh Zine Rala is um everything and more and I will do everything in my power to make sure that she's alive and well all the time I remember the end of Midnight Horizon where no actually, no, actually I, I, I don't. don't actually I don't remember that <laughs> I, I I suddenly don't I'm, I'm so sorry I I don't know to what you are referring I suddenly Please. don't remember the end of Midnight Horizon <laughs> everything is fine there everything fine. is fine um the words missing and presumed dead popped up on the page like the first sentence and I was like <laughs> I never ever ever want to speak to anybody ever again um but yeah other than that it's a great she's great guys I can't wait for free comic book day it's gonna be I, oh. it, I thinking about that issue makes me ill <laughs> like because last time last time we had free comic book day it was the republic fair on Valo. When it was that that one oh. shot where didn't Zine ride a fucking dragon? And, and Ty York was and there. Ty York was there. Like York. Uh, this free comic book day is gonna be a lot. A lot. A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. First Saturday in May, folks. Line up. <laughs> oh my god. And and oh my god, if whenever Lula like even thinks Zine's name or like when we get the the dialogue boxes of her in internal monologue and she even just like mentions and like thinks about her in passing I I think I'll I'll I'll, I'll pass away 
I'm just thinking about the Lula and Zine Pride variant from this year. We won. Yeah. 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 So true. I'm literally obsessed with it, but like, it's perfect, you guys. Here's the thing. I'm, I don't want to just like compare two seven couples, but I just, I feel like it's like, uh, Lula and Zine are to like the Jedi what Cinta and Val are to the Rebellion. <laughs> like it is, it's a balance. Right. No, you're yeah, so correct so about bad. that. Yeah. Especially, I mean, you could even consider it too the way that like probably uh, Val had to do some deconstructing about like around like Chandrillan culture, especially with like the comment that Perrin makes about like, when are you going to find a husband? Um, so I <laughs> I love when women in Star Wars um, is so Crick's camera at coded when you think about it. Yeah, so but I bet true. I bet that they are related. I think oh my god, oh my god, new theory just dropped everybody. Crick's camera oh, gets this. sent to prison because he's not dead. Whatever. Yeah, um, she should be. <laughs> he's when i get to him on trend 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 yeah there we go <laughs> oh, i've been recording for a really long time and i've cried three times so <laughs> you get to my there. crying moment is still incoming because we haven't talked about emory yet and we <laughs> Oh my god. I can't do it. I really no, can't speak about him. I thought me and Ollie when we were talking earlier today started talking about Imri and I literally was like, I'm gonna get emotional. And then I was like, Sage, just remember that Imri is on Gallnut with his boyfriend and they're just like having a really good time okay. hanging out. I'm gonna be so real. Imri Cantaros and Honesty Weft are my bell wreath. Like I <laughs> need them to be canon so badly. <laughs> Okay, no need to have queer violence on the podcast. Like, let's be so I'm just saying, like, I love Belle Reef. (laughs) However, when, like, Imri and Honesty are that for me. The way that other people feel about Belle Reef is the way that I feel about Imri Kinteros and Honesty West. I I understand because I also love them so much. I just am a Belle Reef shipper till the day I die. Guys, I can't talk about Bell Bell Reef anymore. I'm going to start writing Bell Reef fanfiction again. I miss that Please. I'll do it. Um, Speaking of of Imri, Vernestra Rowe and Imri, maybe one of the best Master Padawan duos to exist. And I think it's just because they are basically like, they're only like a few years apart in age. And I think that is such a fun dynamic to have. Also, A Test of Courage is so underrated. Like, that book is so good. And we just kind of gloss over it sometimes as a fandom. But every, every single chapter in that book is, like, intense and heartbreaking and also, like, weirdly comforting. And Nan is not in that book. I almost thought it was Nan. Isn't, wasn't there a girl Nihil in that book, though? They were like the two Nihil who were there, but they're not really. They're really yeah. much. One was an Aqualish, I don't know where that. Yeah. 
the other one i don't remember oh my god we forgot to talk about nan and zapata okay keep talking about emery though we'll get to it the thing about emery is that oh god okay i just need to like get it out (laughs) the thing about emery is he's like a young teenager who has like a severe anxiety disorder but he's never had anyone to like talk him through that so he's just realizing it on his own and it's really overwhelming and scary when you have anxiety at a young age and no one's ever told you what anxiety is um not that I would know or anything but like you know and then I just snorted out loud he, he meets he meets Vern and she's like no let's talk about how you have anxiety or for him it's like how he literally feels everything through the force all the time but like that's just a code for he has anxiety specifically he has social anxiety because every time that he's in a room with a lot of people he freaks out and gets overwhelmed he's Mm -hmm. just like me um but he has he finally gets like paired up with Vern and she's like no I'm gonna help you through this and then in Mission to Disaster, he's like so much better. I can't do it, guys. No. Oh my God. He's he works through it, and then also in 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 trail not trail of shadows in oh my God out of the shadows in guys there's so many shadows there's so many <laughs> in in out of the shadows he and Reese get to be buddies for a while. And he gets to have yeah. this like brotherly relationship with Reese. Reese is just everyone's brother, actually. Everyone's big brother, now that I realize it. Except for yeah. Belle, in which he's his boyfriend. That's so interesting. Did Imri and Ram ever meet? They didn't. Oh wow. I, oh wow. Okay. I love how Imri, like how they explore the dark side and like this idea of like um rage and like grief through him and then also balancing it out with like a uh a new apprentice who is like or a new master who is uh like this like prodigy gifted child um like I think it's it's so interesting and also I love Vern so much the fact that like it's just yeah it's like she's experiencing all of like she has this like once again we talked a lot about how like a lot of these characters like feel this pressure but like she has this pressure on her of like she's so young and gifted and now she's taking on a padawan whose master has like passed away horribly that she had to also like live through that trauma of seeing that and now she like is trying to like navigate that all while being like hey I'm still a teenager and I'm like still figuring out things about myself um including like in her case like not wanting romantic relationships like maybe other like padawans would um and I just I love her and uh my sad thing for phase three though is I kind of hope that if there's like a big time gap I would love to see a kind of strained relationship between her and Emery that they kind of have to like navigate and then like re-come together um for uh like I think especially with their personalities like I think that it could happen and I think it would be very interesting to explore especially with like an older Imri who is like much more in control of like his force abilities I completely agree actually I think that a I I also think though that 
Stellan's death is going to affect Vern on such a like deep level because if if we remember correctly, um, um, she, she never got to tell Stellan about her force whip. About her, she never got yeah. to tell him about her vision. Her or she mentioned her hyperspace thing, but yeah. not in detail. She never got to talk about the path that she got from Mari Santeca. She never. She, there's so many things that she was waiting to do. To, t- to talk to Selen about and she will never ever get to do that I mean he's alive but like you know just in case and just in case the writers forget <laughs> he's alive <laughs> um, like that like that is going to take such a toll on her because she I think that I love Comac I really do but the conversation Claire Claire Calm I'm down. sorry. Calm I'm sorry. Down. What are you what are you about to say? What are you about to say? I'm I'm fully in the right here by saying this. Comac telling Vernestra that that Stellan got like let her loose too early in her training was a huge mistake on his part. Not because like I don't think I don't think it's true. First of all, I think Vern is very capable. However, I do think that Vern not having the full like years of master and apprenticeship with her own master that other Padawans get to have that relationship is so strong it's basically parent and child and Mm -hmm. so she's going to look back on her life and she's going to realize wow I only got Stellan for three years whereas every other Padawan gets at least five to seven years of being an apprentice, of being a child. And she, and that got cut too short. And I don't think she ever realized that. Like she thought there's always been like, she's always had this like, oh, am I ready or not yet kind of thing, which is great. And I love that for her, but she didn't really internalize the like flip side of it until Comac said that to her. And I will never forgive him for that because now she's going to be so messed up. She's going to remember that conversation and be like, he let me go so early and I thought I was ready and I got my relationship with my master cut short and as soon and if we get to explore in in phase three Imri is going to be her padawan for a while that's what I was just going to say I was like I feel like that the tension is going to come from he feels that she should have let him go way earlier because he was ready and she's going to be like you weren't Mm -hmm. because she couldn't let go of that relationship because she didn't want Amory to feel the same way she did right and I also think there could that could definitely be it and I also think that even if I think another part of that might be her being like uh like in her eyes she's gonna be like I can't let him go and also be like oh I never got this with Mm -hmm. my and I think that you know I don't know I always think about sorry I've been thinking about the last of us a lot recently um for obvious reasons and I think there's something God, about, I had no idea <laughs> I think something about the last of us is that um if anyone knows what it is it's about a father and his like gay murderous daughter it's so good um but oftentimes in media yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna say it I'm not gonna say it but I'm thinking it <laughs> I know you're thinking I know what you're thinking anyways but I think that a lot of times, like, if a, if you have a relationship to somebody, 
um, and that gets cut short because of a death um, or something traumatic, like Dylan dying and leaving Vern behind. So sad. Remember when he didn't even talk about her when he died? Anyways, that's a whole different story. Um, I think that having that and then like overcompensating for it is so detrimental to both people in the relationship. And that's in any media, right? Mm-hmm. That is going to hit so hard in phase three. So yeah, love Emery to death, scared for what the cycle of trauma is going to inflict on both of them um, because it's going to be bad. It's going to be messy in a bad way. Um, so yeah, sad and scared. Anyways, I just think about Vernestra Rowe a lot and I think about her like just as like a tragic figure. And I feel Mm -hmm. like she never really has time to process that because she knows, like, she's very stoic. And she, even when she is, like, freaking out, she's 17. I can do it. She's like, I can do it. And I'm like, girl. The way. Girl, what if you can't? (laughs) Also, the way that she is, like, so, like, the way in which we force teenage girls, especially Mm -hmm. teenage girls who are considered like smart and like uh Mm -hmm. whatever to grow up at an accelerated age and become more mature um and like the way that you can see that gap between like her and wreath who like wreath who really got to like you know not not only like you know he got to like have like wreath is a good jedi but like he's pretty like he's like an average you know skill level jedi and he got to have this like relationship not only does he have this relationship with one master but he has it with another which like trauma circumstance with that but still and then like her and the way that they're the same age but like the gap between them feels so large because of the ways in which Vern as like wow you're such a good Jedi was like forced into adulthood when she is still a child and then she and then having to take on a Padawan a thing that is usually reserved for you know adults uh and feeling this responsibility to him, but then also that just forcing her even more to grow up because she has to be this like essentially parental figure to Imri. Guys, I'm, I... thinking, guys, I'm thinking about Bell, Bell Zetafar again because guys, we're gonna have to come to terms with the fact that Vern lost Dylan. And also, this is okay, this is one of my gripes about the Fallen Star one of them um I I get really mad sometimes about Belle's ending not just because of the whole Variaga thing but also like there's there's a point in the fall in in the rising storm where Belle Zetafar that boy oh my god I'm gonna start crying again he literally like is at such a low point and who's there it's Stellan Geos and Oh my god. Stellan is literally right there. And and then he they like interact in the fallen star too. And then he dies. And Belle like doesn't really talk about it, which no one talks about it because it happens right at the end, right? But I do fear I do fear a conversation between Belle and Vern is inbound uh regarding one Stellan. And that is going to break my heart. You know what yeah. also has to happen though? Because I personally subscribe to Elzar Man gives Stellan Geos' lightsaber to Vernestra Rowe. Don't yeah. Mm-hmm. Literally, 
if Elzar Man and Vanessa Rowe have a conversation about Stella and Geos, I will walk into the ocean. I will become just Stella. like, oh my God, you can find Stella. He drowned. He drowned. Guys, he actually drowned. He actually drowned. Guys, El- okay, wait. Oh my God. No, oh my God. No. If Elzar Man and Emery Cantero's interact Shut in phase up. three, I will. I will literally, whenever author writes that, I will like send them like a send them some flowers and like chocolates. <laughs> like they will be hearing from me. Okay. I will be owing them. Okay, hearing from you positive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hearing from me affectionate. Any author who is listening right now, I will send you a bouquet of flowers and chocolate to make Belle and Reese kiss on the mouth. I'm so serious. After, after we're asking a, nicely. After a heartfelt conversation about about the people that they have lost, and then they, I can't. Look, I'm gonna. Re- <laughs> I also just feel like they should have a fun little. One of them pulls one of them into like a broom closet, and they have a cute little like. Have you guys read that Marlisola fanfic on Ao3? No, is there one like that? Oh. Oh, I'm gonna find it. I'm gonna send it to you right now. So there's there is a fan fiction. It is one of the only fanfics um about Zine and Lula. I don't know why I couldn't think of their ship name for a second. Um and it came out like right when the first few comics were coming out. Oh my god, I hate the fact that that just happened. Hold on. Sorry, my Marlisola fanfic popped up when I looked up Zine Marla. Um <laughs> Oh, where is it? I thought I had it bookmarked, but I don't. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna find it. Basically, it's about Zine and Lula, and they're like having a rough patch in their relationship, and Farzala is also there. And, <laughs> and Farzala is being, being Farzala. <laughs> I'm, I'm finding it, I'm sending it to you. If someone else can talk while I'm doing this. <laughs> I definitely put Sly and Jordana on here just so Claire could talk about them. So if you would I like to them. to talk about them now. Oh God, yeah, I'm literally obsessed with them. Obviously, I'm sure everyone knows um, because Sylvester is like literally me. I am just like her. She's just like me. And also what I have in common with her, aside from like our whole personalities and our lives and everything like that, um, is that I'm also in love with Jordana. And I literally core memory is when the, I, the High Republic show came out and there was Jordana Sparkburn concept art and girl she is so sexy anyway um <laughs> she also has a cat which I love more people in Star Wars need to have animals and need to have pets um for me they should do that for me um but just in terms of like their relationship it's so good and they don't even really like the entire book, the entirety of Out of the Shadows is them being like, we are ex-girlfriends and we have a job to do, but also like, oh my God, the tension. And also Imre Cantero's literally being like, you guys should kiss, like the entire novel. <laughs> it's just literally perfect. Like the, I think the combination of characters in Out of the Shadows is like, like nothing else compares because we have Wreath and Comac paired with Vernon Imre paired with Sylvester and Jordana. Like, there has literally never been a better combination of characters as like the main cast of a novel. <laughs> Sage, you're scaring me. Oh my god. 
Why is it not showing up? Um, <laughs> I like trying to get through this. <laughs> um, just plow through these characters. Um, I'm really crying. I just want to say that I just looked at that fic- that fanfic again. That I just said to you, Emily, and it oh, does yes. say you know when a fanfic is really good when it starts out with English is not my first language. Yeah, and this one yeah. does. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my, I thought I just left the Zoom meeting for a minute. That was terrifying. <laughs> um, um, anyway, in terms of the characters that are left on this list, I will talk about Leox Jossi because, yeah, oh my I god, I think this entire episode have been Leox. me being like, oh my god, this character is just like me. Can you guys tell that I project onto fictional characters a lot? Because I do. Um, but like no, on a slightly I, different level. <laughs> And none of us um, relate to that at all either. We don't understand. Yeah, Giassi is obviously canonically asexual. And like, as an asexual person, when I read the paragraph where he's basically like, I, okay, Sage, where he's like, um, he basically says like, yeah, I don't like experience sexual attraction. Um, but like, I don't think it's like gross or weird. It's just like, not for me. Are you, I feel, I felt like, cause I only like recently was like, oh, I'm asexual. Like that was a recent development in my life. Um, so it was like not long before I read Into the Dark that I had been like going on that journey and reading that like made so much make sense to me as a human being who is asexual, who like was still kind of figuring it out. And I read that and I was like, oh my God so true I also feel like that you you get it Leox um so yeah shout out to that one passage in Into the Dark and then also he's just an icon and I love him and I like need to be best friends with him like I need to like we need to hang out Leox me and Leox need to like get coffee or something he's in my dream rotation (laughs) yeah I do love him I just love him as like a kind of like wacky father-ish figure to Affie like like, I don't I literally just like the cool uncle that like babysits you yeah Yeah. but he like really like gets like when Affie needs something or when she's like in a rough spot he's like hey let's have a chat like let's Mm -hmm. get down to it and I love him for that he's an empath he's an empath (laughs) <laughs> oh my god he's just like Imri this is just like when you <laughs> no but I do believe that if you like fused Leox Giassi and Imri Canteros it would just be me <laughs> I will say speaking of this Leox in my mind is just Hamish like I know a lot of people are like oh it's Matthew McConaughey oh I'm like that's god. Woody Harrelson oh my and, god you, know, you just made Claire and, fall on the floor Claire's on and the floor. it literally is too because I also remember how Woody Harrelson made uh <laughs> all the like get high and drunk and go play croquet with him oh because okay this is so unrelated but um my parents listen to this podcast called Smartless and it's like Jason Bateman, Will Arnett and Sean Hayes and they interview people and I found out they did one with um, Woody Harrelson and I just listened to it and they were like asking him about like how much he fucking is high all the time. 
he really is just like Leon. Yes. <laughs> like I was like, I know the fan art. It's like you like it's Matthew McConaughey. No, that is it's That's literally it's actually just Woody Harrelson. Yeah. Uh, maybe he'll. Oh my god, he can he can join the elite. He can join the elite group of people that have played two characters in Star Wars: Tobias Beckett and Leox Giassi. Like, I'm not saying <laughs> Leox Giassi. Woody Harrelson could have literally played no, anyone and he played Tobias Beckett's yeah, ancestor. Not, oh yeah, Tobias Beckett's <laughs> Oh my god. We made a connection. Oh, and, you know what, and you know who would do that? Daniel would do that because if there's one thing that man loves, it's solo connection. It's solo. Daniel, please. Please canonize Leon's Jassy. Tobias Beckett. To Tobias Beckett so that Woody Harrelson could play Leon's Jassy, please. <laughs> Yeah. On my hands and knees. I literally fell on the floor. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> uh, are there any other characters that you guys uh desperately guys, want to talk we about? Talk about Ty York, but we're running out of time. So shameless plug, but me and Claire are talking about. Ty York on Fulcrum Transmissions next week with yeah. special guest, uh, special returning guest, Mel Rupal Padres. <laughs> so true. So just just like listen to that, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> hey, Liz, like, there any other characters you wanted to talk about? Um, I'm just I love geode like the concept of geode so much where he's just always there and he just is there and every just everyone just knows what he's talking about they know what he's about and he i just it boggles my mind but also calms it at the same time i don't know what it is about him he just he has a special place in my brain that is my so thoughts true. on. You're so right about that. Thank you. Also, I would like to say that the Vinti and Moose at uh, <laughs> Galaxy can't Dead talk about that. Sucks ass. I'm so sorry to Geode. I thought you would taste better, but anyway. It's really? No, it's Geode poop. It's <laughs> Vinti and poop. <laughs> uh, guys, I'm a anyway. Edge, I'm a Galaxy's Edge content creator. I would know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I hated saying that as much as you guys hated hearing it. It's the only way I'm going to refer to you from now on. Galaxy's Edge content creator creator and and future New York Times bestselling author. (laughs) And that's that's it. And people will be like, okay. Hayden, come up, come up to, to here, wherever I live. (laughs) Come up and then you can spend the night at my house so we can leave late. (laughs) And then you can take the train. Oh my god! I I'd be so down to do that. Because I just don't know when because I'm fucked out of school. So true. No, do that. Don't drop out like me. <laughs> drop out. Drop out. It's really great. It's really great. Computer science is really doing it to me. But I'm a woman <laughs> in STEM. So true of you. So true. <laughs> be a woman in STEM. Guys, I think I'm going to be a woman in STEM. I literally think I'm going to go back to school to get my agribusiness degree. 
people are gonna be like, why are you here and i'm gonna be like oh because i was really passionate about this and then i stopped and then i watched the last of us hbo series Oh when you meet goodness. Pedro Pascal at Celebration, that'll be like the final straw. If I meet him, I'm gonna be like, should I go back to school? Pedro, <laughs> this is on you. I'm like, do you wanna pay for my college? Pedro Pascal? I, I can't. I unironically think he would. He would be like, yeah. <laughs> sure, go talk to my agent. Does he have kids he needs to pay for college right now? No. No. <laughs> Uh, he has more than enough, I can tell you that. Uh, I like it. <laughs> um, any final thoughts on the High Republic Phase 1? Um, the High Republic Phase 1, I miss you so dearly. You were a pivotal point in my life, and I think, like, genuinely, and I think about you all the time. Um, I miss the characters in Phase 1 a lot. I miss the story. I miss how messy it was. And I really, really need that back in my life in phase three. Um, I want all the problematic gays, all of them. Give them all to me, um, please. <laughs> and let me write one. Like, let me, <laughs> let me write one too. Um, but that's besides the point. Anyways, um, yeah, that's all. I don't know. Marla Sola forever. Love them so much. Bell so Reese. Bell Reese, Reese canon phase will be canon <laughs> Bell Reese, uh, Comac returns from the woods. I'm just imagining that's like this, like it's like he runs out of the woods. It's just like it's it's just the Marvel ending where it's Comac Vitus will return. <laughs> oh my god. That'd be so funny. I, okay, no, at the end of whatever the last minute comes out for phase two, it's the last page is Comac Vitus roll turn, and everyone's like, what does this have to do with anything that happened in phase two? Oh, like, all of a sudden, the epilogue of that book just has a time skip, and then it's like, <laughs> the woods, Corellia. <laughs> yeah, it's just get back to the woods of Corellia, and, oh and suddenly God. it's just a Comac-centered epilogue. <laughs> It's Comac and Lady Proxima like drinking at the bar in Corellia. And then it's, like, it's maybe you should maybe you should go find your old Tatawa. Comac and, and like, yeah, you're right. You're right. Comac and what's the um Lasat that is also in last shot or not last shot? Paolo. Comac and Paolo are best friends, okay. Canon. Tell me why I was really about to say Gron. Everyone's favorite Star Wars character, Gron. Oh, no. Gron. Gron. I was saw it. I was like, oh, Gron. Gron <laughs> <laughs> will oh, return in the High Republic Phase 3. <laughs> oh my god, I can't breathe. My chest hurts. <laughs> oh my god, guys, wait. <laughs> I forget who it was because I was complaining about how Woody Harrelson played Tobias Beckett and then he couldn't play anyone else. And someone was like, he just needs to play an alien. An Woody alien. Harrelson should play Gron. No! <laughs> no! I, I can't keep doing this. <laughs> 
some oh, what do you think ollie would say if i just texted them woody harrelson is crying. please do, do it, it. Can you do it in the group chat so i can see it too yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i really think woody harrelson could play a really good lissa though i feel that in my body oh, yeah. like, well, she plays them no. <laughs> Woody Harrelson, that new fan cast just dropped. <laughs> Ricky, oh my I'm god! Saying, and Ollie, then, how do you feel Owen, about Woody Harrelson as Zeb? Owen Wilson, callous. <laughs> I can't do this. Out of here. I think oh. that's that's my new fan cast. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Okay, I can't keep doing this. Okay. Um, um my final thoughts on the higher public are that it's really good. Period. <laughs> period. I think that's a good we'll just end on that. Um and we'll go into something that we'll go into book club and we'll start with something that's not so good from what I've heard. <laughs> I'll turn it over to hand flare. Oh Darth Vader number 30 okay, yeah, by Greg Pack. What'd you say, Stage? No, no, no. I want to hear this. Oh, I, okay. Character development is going from exactly <laughs> fuck a bitch named Greg. I'm so sorry to all of the authors who are listening to this. Fuck a bitch named Greg. Okay. So tell me, tell me why the first two arcs of Vader 2020 are all about, you know, the handmaidens, uh, you know, uh, basically continuing the path that Padme sent them on and avenging her death. And, you know, like, not actively working against, with the person. <sighs> Tell me why. First, it was Sabe. Sabe fell first. I'm so sorry, girly. Sabe fell first. Sabe, in that issue, when she revealed that she was, like, willing to work with Vader, okay? When she was willing to work with Vader, I... <laughs> I don't even have the words, right? Okay. Tell me why she forsook, I don't know how to say that in past tense. Every forsaken, thank you. (laughs) Forsaken. I'm so sorry, me and Claire are literally laughing our asses off right now because all he thinks in How do you feel about Woody Harrelson as Zeb? And they said, hmm, that is a real caper there. Honestly, it isn't the worst casting. IDK, if he has the specific situationally immature edge that Zeb has, but I wouldn't be mad. That they said, I think a lot of it would hinge on the voice. <laughs> oh my god, okay. <laughs> Literally, my stomach hurts. Me too. Um, talking about Vader. Anyway, yeah, you're so right, Hayden. 
Okay. Tell me why. The first two arcs were the handmaidens basically honoring Padme's memory and standing up for what she believed in, which, you know, was the dissolution of the empire and, you know, anti-fascism. So first of all, Sabe working with Vader when she saw how Padme treated or how she felt about Anakin and when she found out Anakin was Vader, why she still worked with him. And at the end of last issue, when all the handmaidens decided to work with Vader against their entire like constitution of what the handmaidens stood for and what the whole first two arcs of the series were about, what the fuck are you doing, man? I, I am so glad that Raphael Yanko is not doing the art anymore because the art by Luke Ross, who did the Thrawn comic, by the way, for all the Thrawn girlies, is the only thing saving it right now. And I'm so sorry. I keep people seeing, I keep seeing people on TikTok being like, oh my gosh, Vader 2020 is so good. It's the best running Star Wars comic right now. If you, if you can tell me what happened from issues 21 to 27, then I will either slightly account for your opinion or just dis or disregard it entirely. Because if you can tell me a single thing that happened in that fucking governor arc when they were stuck on that planet and they were in the fucking sandstorm for what, six issues? <laughs> it's, it's disastrous. Sabe and the handmaidens, I am so sorry that Greg Pak has his hands on you. Just free them. I tweeted this today. Free the handmaidens because, oh my god, we haven't even talked about the solicits today. One of the solicits for Vader, I think 33 or 34, was Sabe in like the, the croissant from Phantom Menace with Vader's helmet at her side. It, it's, it's, it's dark. It's so dark. So Claire. I've actually recently decided <laughs> Oh my gosh, I'm still like in physical pain from laughing so hard. Um, but I've recently decided that I will be collecting all of E.K. Johnston's characters and taking them for myself. Um, and that includes the handmaidens mm -hmm. because E.K. Johnston girl, yeah. Um Listen. however, I do actually love a lot of her characters and her novels. Um, so I'm actually claiming them all as my own. I actually wrote Ahsoka I don't know if you guys knew this but like I actually wrote it oh God, that's why I talk about it so much I'm actually like I know like I'm I yeah it's been a secret um but that's why I like talk about it so much and why I like know more about the Lardy sisters than like anyone else on the planet um but yeah I I'm now including the handmaidens in this because what's going on what's what the going fuck on is going on Greg what sir? is going on like it's listen so okay I'm sorry, but if the handmaidens are the only thing that is keeping your your comic interesting, I think we need to end the comic, okay? Because we have just rehashed the same arc four fucking times. We did it in the first arc with Dark Heart of the Sith. We did it with the second one with Vader basically coming to terms with the fact that he that the handmaidens hate him. That was another part of the arc that we just conveniently forgot about. They did it with the fucking governor arc and Sabe finally throwing away her morals to work for Vader after finding out that Anakin was actually Darth Vader. And now we're fucking doing it again in this one. What? Not just Sabe. 
the rest of the handmaidens. Every single one of the surviving handmaidens decided to, you know, throw away their morals and work for Darth Vader. It's Sophia Coppola. <laughs> get her out so of there. Sophia Coppola, get them all out of there. <laughs> so let Sophia Coppola direct a handmaidens movie. So true. It's. I okay, Greg Pack. If you're listening, leave the handmaidens alone. Okay, either give them to a woman to have their own mini series about what the hell they're doing. I'm begging you, release your grasp on the handmaidens. I can confirm that rehashing the same arc. Uh, about six more times and I think the the progression of the Vader series it's not gonna go good for you I'm that's my rant over about Greg Pak I'm very I'm very sorry to his besties but please Release your grip on the handmaidens. That release the white knuckles. I think you'll be fine. Anyway, so true. <sighs> I can't talk anymore. But yeah, I agree. <laughs> if I see another issue with the handmaidens, I'm, I'm at this point. I'm only collecting the series for the covers by Raza and apparently Raza isn't doing the covers after issue 32 so like see ya I will collect you only for collector's value I have a really good idea um like actually um I know editor Tom sometimes listens to um Fulcrum Transmissions hopefully he also listens uh to Kessel Run Relay because slay um I think we should give the pat the paddock Okay, what if I put the pad maidens? <laughs> so true. What if I think we should actually retire the handmaidens from men in general, all of them. Um, and I think we should give them to um one actual screenwriter who has stuff has come out before, one um Camilla Quinones. Um, you guys yeah. might know her on um TikTok as Boricua Wiki. So true. So true. Um but she yeah. is the lore master when it does come to Padme, to the Handmaidens. Yeah, she also I was like, get an actual screenwriter and as someone who writes comics, screenwriting and comic writing is not super different. It's a medium that is similar um, and that you can adapt to really easily. So uh, that's my pitch to um, either Marvel, to Dark Horse, to Del Rey, whatever they are called now and um yeah let's do that uh because i'm yes please okay yes. i will also say uh and amy i'm forgetting her full username but amy can also help who is number one yes also handmaidens <laughs> stan just and you know uh, I, the only thing that I can think of the handmaidens is Clay is not one of them, but that's a different thing. <laughs> um, I can't get it. <laughs> I, what if like, people 
think before they speak. Guys, there's already not that many women in Star Wars. We can't have them being the same person. Guys, no, literally, it's really bad. Actually, I Ugh. also, I also, do you guys realize how any? Do you guys realize how any time there is any woman character in Star Wars, someone is always on the internet saying, "Oh my God, they must be related to this man." Newsflash. Yeah. Women exist on their own. <gasps> I know that's hard to comprehend, but it's, that's it's why, incredible. Okay, that's why not to get into sequels discourse, but race Ray Skywalker being related to Palpatine. Can we just have one woman who's not that's... suffocated by the legacy, the destructive legacy of a man? A man. Period. That's yeah. that's all I have to say. Like um, and then and now they're just. And okay, you're correct. And here's the thing. Here's my little contribution to this little Vader comic issue um discussion is that the the Padme's handmaidens can and have in the past existed as their own entity, and now you are relating them back to huh a destructive man, Anakin Skywalker slash Darth Vader. You are literally taking who, their story, who some of them didn't even like. None of them liked him. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Like, like, yeah, like Sami did not like it. They met him when he was a kid and were like, it's a little kid. And then yeah. Sami was like, I don't like that man exactly. when they were an adult. It's, it's also like, the way that it's like, oh, oh, we were Padme's handmaidens. We need to like honor her legacy, blah, blah. Like, so true. Anakin Skywalker killed her, girly. Literally. Why are, are you looking for him? No. Oh no. my God. It's really, okay. It's really genuinely hmm, how should I put this offensive it's offensive to continue to take women's stories because the handmaiden stories it's literally about sisterhood like that is at the core Mm -hmm. the foundation Mm -hmm. of each of them is that they have a sisterhood and you took that and you made it about Darth Vader who we already have two whole movie trilogies a ton of comics a ton of books who just appeared in obi-wan kenobi series 20 years later or whatever like we don't need another comic series about him and especially and don't forget the new anthology series that was announced this week Mm -hmm. oh oh my fucking god so bad insane it's like they're like it's like okay if you want to write more anakin you haven't made any padawan anakin like if you're so desperate for more Anakin content, do that because I actually would be interested in seeing more of like that dynamic. But instead, they're like, let's do more Vader. Let the man die. Oh, please, we don't care please. anymore. We don't care. Guys, anymore. you want to know something so tragic? Mm-hmm. I think that un- I unfortunately do believe that Vader will be making an appearance in the Ahsoka series in oh, a will. flashback. Because we, we already know them. there's going to be Clone Wars flashbacks with Anakin, and I already know they're going to make flashbacks to like Rebels era Vader. And I'm like, the thing is, the thing no, is, there it is. There it is once again. I'm so tired of Ahsoka's story being told in relation to Anakin Skywalker. Where. N- all of these like larger known bigger known women in star wars are all related to men in some way and that's why i love the high republic so much is because you have characters like zine and like lula and kind of even avar if the fandom wasn't so crazy about it 
this is exactly this is why the ahsoka novel is the best portrayal of ahsoka is because it doesn't relate her back to anakin it he he's brought up he's brought up because he is a part of her life and she has trauma because of him however her story in that novel is revolves around her her values and her life and i just know that if we get the ahsoka series and it is written mm, can't say that if we get the Ahsoka series and they do not do everything in their power to make sure the story is about Ahsoka and Ahsoka's values and what she holds dear and her life not revolving around Anakin, it's not going to be good. It's not going to be good and it's not going to hit as hard as um, they think it is. That's what I don't know. Impossible challenge. It's just, it's just like, I don't know. That's about, that's about it on the Vader thing. I just think that why are you, if you have a character who, who for some reason you think needs more content, but the only thing you can do to make that content is to revolve it around women who already had a story before, and now you are creating their story to revolve around him. You are doing something wrong, and you're, it's, it, it's a lazy writing. That's what it is. Yeah. And again, if you're still using The Handmaidens as a crutch to keep your series interesting, arc after arc after arc after arc, mm-hmm. some something's going something's going on here. <sighs> Let women have their Bye. own stories challenge. Let them do it. Anyway, stay on the High Republic. Um, so true. So true. <laughs> <laughs> uh. In conclusion, Vader was not good this week. It has not been good for a very long time. Uh, I think the last issue that I really enjoyed, well, asterisk, 29 was actually pretty good because it was kind of like an in-between moving moving them out of the governor arc, which went on for fucking ever, and into this kind of new arc with Sabe that is just going back to the thing that it originally was going to be or that it originally was. The last couple arcs that have been interesting happened in the War of the Bounty Hunters tie-ins all the way back in 2021, where uh, Slymore decides to kill Vader for some reason. She hires IG-88 and he gets fucking dismantled. (laughs) Slaymore, but good God, I'm so tired of this series. Anyway, moving on, High Republic Adventures number two also came out this week, which honestly is a refreshing breath of fresh air. I was not expecting to like High Republic Adventures this volume as much as I did, but it's, it's, how do I say this? It's so light. And again, a breath of fresh air. I love Sav and Maz's relationship. They're just they're so adorable. And the way that Maz like mentors Sav at a time when she probably really needs it, just what chef's kisses all around. I also really enjoy High Republic Adventures this round. Um, and sorry, I just got a tweet and that was really funny. Um, <laughs> God, I, these like giggles that I'm having are really bad. <laughs> Anyways, um, I I like stories about girlhood and that's just that and this is a 
different kind of girlhood that we didn't really see in the first round of um, adventures, which is crazy because there were so um, many different types of many different portrayals of how girlhood affects different people because there is no one way to be a girl um and that is just like a construction but it is something that a lot of people um have in common so i don't know this is just like a really cute and they're also stab is starting a little bit older than um i think i think the girls in phase one started at 14 and she's starting at 15 which is great Mm -hmm. and i think you know i just love a little rebellious girl um also, the the other characters in this in this series are so good. Something I something I know about adventures every time it is going to make me giggle. Like I just yeah, like, that'll make me cry too. But I'll giggle. Like they're funny. Mm-hmm. So chaotic. Room scissor punch. <laughs> I can't. I, I am fucking obsessed with Thurm. <laughs> I. Once again, if I there's love anything that, so that Daniel loves, it is a solo connection. It's solo. <laughs> Daniel, your mind is so... I love... I it's love immense. That. It's... Yeah. Uh, also, also, thank you so much, Daniel, that? for giving us enemies to lovers to enemies. Lovers oh, to enemies true. is one yeah. of my favorite tropes, guys, oh, if you didn't know. Oh, and then he made it gay. But- exactly so it's double it's a double hitter it's it's another thing if i know anything about adventures it's that i'm gonna giggle and that it's gonna be gay yeah (laughs) (laughs) saya keem i'm so oh she is so me when you think about it okay (laughs) (laughs) i'm so sorry yeah she's crazy i'm obsessed with her i love her so much when are when is i can't wait for them to like actually meet like you know maz's crew and the dang drag because quiet oh Dawn my god Keem, if they meet if they're in the same panel together i'm gonna be like they're going to kiss on the mouth they should kiss i literally they should kiss they should. okay yeah like, this is too much gay girl boss for one panel you guys they have to kiss no they should literally kiss like I genuinely I know we know next to nothing about both of them but <laughs> I all, I do actually think that they would make a good okay we know nothing about yeah. them, and we don't know how they would interact in real life but I this is so personal I didn't get Nan and Sabata in phase one I better get quiet time <laughs> in phase two. Oh my god I didn't even talk about Nan or Sabata on this entire podcast you guys are welcome. You're welcome. You didn't need to hear me talk about them. Um, yeah. Anyways, gosh, maybe I'll go write an essay about Nan and publish it. I love her. So true. Yeah. Anyways, those are my thoughts about the High Republic. <laughs> I think both um, Claire and I need to leave soon. Yeah. True. Okay. Um, it was great. We can do Emily's books, Lickety Split. Emily, what are you reading? Oh, what was I reading? Um, well, I, I read Trail of Shadows yesterday. I just sat down and plowed through it, and I loved it a lot. Um, before that, I finished Secrets of a Summer Night, which is a historical romance. It was okay. My favorite thing about historical romances is they always take, in the like final act, they're always going to do something just absolutely 
batshit wild. Um, some sort of injury. Um, this one was a foundry fire <laughs> that both of the that the main protagonist, the protagonist love interest, got stuck in, and then she had to like go in and try to save him. Um, insane, wild. Uh, it, it's my favorite. Just like because sometimes they really come out of nowhere. Um, and I am currently reading. I like just started, so I'm only like. 10 pages in maybe, uh, but it is a uh, fantasy book. It's called Queen in Hiding. I saw it at Powell's. It looked good. It's fantasy written by women. So I like that. <laughs> nice, so true. Uh, Sage or Claire, do you have any, what are you reading? Um, I just finished, okay, the tea is, I just finished A Closed in Common Orbit by Becky Chambers. And if y'all know anything about me, as you know, I love Becky Chambers. I did not like this book. Mm. Um, yeah, I know it's really bad. It's something I rated it like mm, like three stars because it's basically it's about this like AI that gets put in a body and hates being in a body because it's used to being like in a ship. Such an interesting concept. Not great execution. Um, and there's like dual storylines, and one of the storylines is about this girl who's like ten years old and like a, she's a clone that is like made to work in a factory and then she like it's it's slavery and then she escapes the factory and like lives with an ai in a ship and she like the whole thing is really good her storyline i cared so much more about than the robots Ooh. and that's really bad off brand that i connected so much more with a human character also i mean it is like a, a young child a young girl and i do tend to connect with like girl characters a lot more than I do adult characters um however yeah I did not connect with the robot this time um and now I'm reading this is how you lose the time war so Ooh, I have that one I need to read it yeah I just started it yesterday it's pretty good so yeah I have no idea what's going on but that's what I'm reading right now but I read <laughs> I both books are sapphic science fiction written by women so you should read those yeah yeah if you ever need sci-fi recs especially sci-fi recs written by women look at sages page <laughs> yeah <laughs> i like them guys i'm about to say something so shocking right now um the book that i'm reading right now i've actually read it before um it's called mocking jay <laughs> i've never heard of that wait who's that by what is series that is that part of a series or something <laughs> i actually will not be speaking about it right now though because i do actually have an entire separate podcast where i talk about the games. <laughs> Um, so if you, shameless plug, if you want to hear me talk about the Hunger Games, um, go listen to Tales of Panem. Uh, I just started Mockingjay, which is famously my favorite novel of all time. So it'll be a good time. Yes. Also, all Claire and I do is send Hunger Games edits to each other back and forth. <laughs> and I literally cry every time. Every the one time. you sent me the other day of Katniss and Hamish. Oh, no, it I can't. <laughs> I've been getting how to I almost said how to train your dragon <gasps> guys I can't do this right now okay we need to we need to end the podcast I've been getting hunger games um tiktoks on my for you page and I've been, it makes guys. me so mad because people always send them to me and I get them occasionally but like not that much and I'm like why am I not receiving these on my free page <laughs> I'm you trying to help train your algorithm no literally I'm putting in the work <laughs> one time literally there was a tiktok that was like gale slander I literally like eight people sent it to me so true and every single time I was like yeah 
yeah. exactly i love guys this podcast is really long <laughs> this is really we long we're not we, meeting the two hours allegations today <laughs> but we knew that coming in but sage and claire thank you guys so much for thank coming for on this was so yeah, thanks for having us it's fun. So fun um you guys I miss talking yeah. about the higher public phase one yes you guys definitely need to go uh, follow both Sage and Claire on their individual social medias and go check out their folk or their podcast, Fulcrum Transmissions. It is, uh, I do not say this lightly and it's a secret, but uh, it's my favorite Star Wars podcast. So, um, oh, so oh my God, even more, you like it even more than RuPaul's Pottery? Oh, <gasps> Sage. Tea. Tea. I'm, I'm sorry, my girl boss of the week is like, okay, girl it's like the series. So, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so make sure to go follow them uh make sure to follow us on all of our social medias uh if you are interested send us questions on our email or our social media uh next week we will have i think our Alyssa interview finally yeah uh, we're very excited oh, for so it excited. so make sure you guys listen especially if you I have not written questions. the questions but we got your questions <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so really we did i promise we did <laughs> So we'll listen to that. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. May the force be with you.